Y'all, welcome back. I am I am so excited right now. I can't even lie. I've been emailing this guy for, I mean, a month or more, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. It's actually uh, our second international guest of all time. And coincidentally, it's the our only other international guest was also Irish. So y'all, everybody out there, uh, please welcome James to the show. James, how do you say your last name? Because I don't want to butcher it. So just kind of... Uh, cousin. Oh, it, it's Cousin. Yeah. I would have got that right. That's not, that's not yeah. that hard. Yeah, it's just like like cursing, but you know the the polite way of saying cursing. I think is uh... James is cussing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but no, y'all. Uh, if you care at all about philosophy, check out James's channel. It, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, honestly, I've been listening to it to prepare for the show, but also just for fun. Living philosophy, or is it the living philosophy? I don't the wanna, living I don't, philosophy. The yeah. living philosophy. Check him out on YouTube. He's got all kinds of good stuff. But uh, but dude, so I mean, I guess just yeah, man. How are you? How's life with COVID and things? You know, like how, what's going on in your yeah, I mean, side COVID, of the world? COVID seems to be uh, over, no? It's finally, maybe. I think I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like this whole Omicron. But like, I remember when Omicron came and everyone was like, "Is that?" Is is this like another layer of of terror? And I was just like, oh no, Omicron just seems to be grand. Right, we're, we're good. We, I, yeah. I got an email today. My kids' schools are no longer doing masks. Like we're just done. I guess we're just we're just moving forward. Oh, wow, yes, really? Dude. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a paranoid father. So we still got masks here for another month. I think. And is then... that what it is? Yeah, yeah, but you don't you don't need like the COVID passport to um, go to restaurants or anything anymore, and pubs are fully open. Social distancing is gone. So gotcha. The uh, anti-vax community are part of polite society once again, which is a Bro. a relief. You know, maybe we can start building some bridges again, <laughs> and we can move all of our controversial energy back towards like political stuff rather than it just Hooray. being uh, COVID stuff. <laughs> because you know, there's got to be something controversial. Oh. We can't be at peace. What is? What do no. you mean? I don't. What? what? No, no, Twitter no. Twitter cannot do survive with peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. So, uh, so this is something we do. It's uh, it's it's our little personality test. It's uh, it's scientifically formulated. Mm, I promise. Yeah. This is as official as, as all you personality get, tests are. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you ready for some some hard hitting deep dives into you as a person? Okay. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Get ready. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready Number for this one. level of vulnerability. I don't know, man. But, uh, Get prepared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is super vulnerable information yeah. right here. What is your favorite breakfast? What is your meal to start today? If, if you, you know, if it's your main go-to, if you're only choosing one. So I, like, favorite seems like the wrong word when you're using, when, when you're following it with the word porridge. But uh, <laughs> porridge is what I have every morning. For real? And yeah, yeah. So I just have like, and I used to have it with milk, but now I just have it with water. Uh, like, I used to I used to hate so we used to go hiking in like when I lived in Scotland in the Highlands and you know in the morning you have on the stove you just have like the sachets of porridge and water and I used to like hate it while I was hiking and then like at some point I was like ah do you know what I'm having porridge in the morning I'm gonna stick with water and now it's like nostalgia <laughs> you know what oh, I mean like wow. the weird thing of like uh, it makes me nostalgic for the hiking times okay. so I'm just like it's just it's a good way of just consuming a lot of like nutrition and I'm just like that's ah, grand it's 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 not like exciting if it wasn't for that I would say probably Cocoa Pops with orange juice um, no 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 wait Wait, you mean like a milk and cocoa puffs and then a glass of orange juice? You don't mean cocoa? Yeah, puffs. I mean, I mean, I have, I have had it with just <laughs> orange juice in it because, like, I find like just when I was young, I just used to find this like chocolate orange like enhancing thing. It was like the way I imagine people talk about like having red wine with steak, and they're like, it enhances it. And while like I like red wine, but like I don't find it like enhances steak necessarily. But I'm kind of like I can understand that because of the relationship for me between like orange juice and cocoa pops. But as an adult, 
Cocoa Pops is not a great choice to have on a daily basis. <laughs> so I haven't had that in about 10 years. But like, uh, you know, that's that's probably my all-time favourite. But really, porridge is just like a good solid. And I feel good about my... You know, when you start it's to do porridge, you're like, you know what? I'm doing all right. You certainly feel better than if you do Cocoa Puffs. Like, that's that's not the best. You yeah. can't be proud of that to start a day. No, that's that's not a pride decision, I don't think. But also, uh, I'm picturing uh, I'm picturing an Irish steak joint, and a dude is sitting there like a suit and tie with, you know, steak and a, and a you know, that Cabernet Sauvignon. And then you walk up, like, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Cocoa Puffs and, and the orange juice, please. If I could, if you could get that roll. If you can uh, bring that over yeah, here. Yeah, we'll sit together. Not... We'll split the bill. It's fine. Don't, don't worry it, about it. It better have bits in it. It better be the orange. I, I don't like. I want Paul. You know, don't bring me this I want no to taste stuff. it. I want to taste it before, you know, don't just fill the glass with orange juice. Oh, I, love I want to taste the orange juice first, you know? Oh, man, I love it. Oh, that's, a, that's the best first question we've ever had, so well done. Um, <laughs> how often are you awake past midnight? Are you, do you call, consider yourself a night owl? Are you an early guy? What's your, you know, what's your sleep schedule? So this is a funny thing that's happened with the channel. So, like, I was, I was like, religiously 10 o'clock hmm. uh, bed every night. Interesting. For years. And I think it's just because, like, morning is, like, a very... If I get up early, I have this, like, sense of momentum because I'm up earlier than everyone else in the world. But I'm like, I am killing it. I'm, like, just by being awake, I am, like, this is a great day. Yep. Uh, and so, like, you know, I get, I get a lot done in the morning. And then I kind of burn out into the afternoon, but I'm proud of what I did in yeah. the morning. But then I found with the channel, like, ever since, like, doing YouTube, there was a time when I started sharing the videos onto reddit and just like i was starting to get hundreds of upvotes this is when i had like oh, wow. know, 100 subscribers yeah, yeah. actually the first time i did it i had like 24 subscribers <laughs> put this video up on a pre-socratic like ancient philosopher like called heraclitus and it got like 400 up and i just whoa the dopamine yeah, I was yeah. Just oh, like, yeah oh my god oh my god <laughs> something's happening <laughs> i've never seen anything like it dude and and so like the few weeks after that and a few months there was just a period there where I was getting a lot of dopamine. And so I was like, do you know what? If And also, writing is different to like like video editing or graphic design. So I can do like the video editing and graphic design in the evening. It's like really immersive work. You can have a bit of music on. But I couldn't do writing in the evening. Writing for me is like a morning thing. So mm. like, yeah, so that was kind of tied in with the If I'm getting up early, I'm getting up to do something like writing where I need quiet, not just externally, but like in my own mind. Whereas in the evening, like my mind just kind of unwinds and starts to become a bit more discursive. Um, so I, I kind of like, yeah, I would say now I'm moving back. I'm moving back towards like, uh, I'm trying to be more disciplined again because I was doing a lot of procrastinating. Uh, so, nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm moving back towards, so I guess, yeah, my resting point would probably be 10 o'clock. But yeah, recently, the last year, I've probably been maybe like, 25 percent of the time i'm past 12 probably okay. more actually um but definitely naturally more of a morning person in, i actually have written down i was going to ask you do you listen to music when you research and write but i, I guess so now when that. i research and write i can't i can't uh i, I can't have anything going on when i'm wow. reading or writing just like even yeah like at christmas um my grandmother was sitting watching this tv channel and i was trying to read this fantasy novel which a major source of procrastination my friend had bought it for me the year before and i was just like okay fine i'll read it and i just wasted like three days i just couldn't get out of it um but even that where like i was obsessed with this book and i just couldn't read she just had like some soap on and i was just yeah. like i i can't do this i can't no I, I can't anything with a voice nearby 
just I just can't concentrate. Ah, so now music, music I I used to listen to like jazz when I was like writing or reading. So like that that can kind of work. Um, but just if there's lyrics, I'm in trouble. Same. That's exactly what I was going to go. If if it's you know mostly music with very little lyrics and whatnot, lyrics pull me out because I have to hear what you're saying. Like whatever the words are, I need to know what you're meaning, and which is I do the same. That's and, oh, wow, that's interesting. Okay. And I just find myself singing along as right. well. I'm just like you know, you know, I'm just like I'm just like this is not. I'm doing Hold a different on. thing. I'm now. supposed to be writing, uh, dude. That's crazy. I know. I <laughs> yeah. literally know the feeling. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, how about like uh, like caffeine? Do you do tea, coffee, energy drinks? Is so it, it? I'm a compulsive tea drinker. Okay. Um, okay. Which also tied into the procrastination problem because I would go. I'd make a cup. I'd be like, oh, this, this streak of writing is going well. I'm going to go, I'll make a cup of tea. I'll come up, I'll play a game of chess. I'll play a little guitar, back into work. After about 20 minutes, half an hour, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to go make another cup of tea. <laughs> so like, I drink a lot of tea. Yep. Now it's just like yep. weak tea. but uh, it's still. Yeah. I, I like I, coffee. I like the idea. I like the sophistication of coffee drinkers. Mm. Um, but I... For some reason, I just never, I just never got into. I think if I ever got a French press, I'd be in trouble because I think I, I love the there's a there's a ritualistic space around coffee. There's a vibe with it, even without the caffeine itself. There's something about coffee that just engenders uh, productivity. It does though. They're, they're, even so. just the smell alone helps me like mm. kind of get into the day or whatever. Which I mean, do you I, drink? Do you drink a lot? Oh, I'm, I'm probably on my fourth cup of coffee today. Like I'm. And what yeah, time is it over I, there? Yeah, it is twelve fifteen. <laughs> my time. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I by no means can I. I can't lie. I'm addicted. Like there's no. There is all. There's very little. Uh, like moments. I'm not even trying to build necessarily a moment when it comes to brewing it and frothing it i just give it yeah. just get black coffee just put it in my veins the first the first step is admitting it so <laughs> this, this is a, this is a safe space my wife likes to put some ceremony into it she's got like a milk frother and she does you know saturday mm. morning she spends a half hour to, and i'm just like give it i just 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 put it put it give, in me, the, give me the caffeine <laughs> now it's gasoline <laughs> um okay last question to, to try and just kind of figure out you know whatever because you're the second irish person i've really ever talked to what's the longest road trip you've ever been on is that even a norm for for you or your social circle over there what, what you know what so I mean? it's not it's not really it's not a norm in ireland because uh ireland you just run out of distance and you run into really bad roads so like the road trips yeah like if if you're going anywhere like it takes two and a half hours to get from limerick to to dublin okay. on the motorway uh to get to donegal it's not that much further as the crow flies but it probably takes like four to six hours. I don't know because I've never gone because the roads are so bad. Wow. Like, it just turns into just roads, like rural roads. Just, yeah, it's just Just not. dirt and yeah. Yeah. So the longest, like when I was in Australia, me and a friend from, from California went, what was the furthest we, like, so, so we kind of did it in two legs. So he stopped off in Byron Bay. So we went from Sydney to Cape Tribulation, which is, Kind of from the bottom, basically the entire east coast of Australia. No, no, not the entire okay. east coast. So take out that nub at the top and the, the little bit below Sydney. But yeah, we, we did most of the, the east coast of Australia, which was which was uh -huh. long. And it was at a time I had no money. So we were like dumpster diving. So we were stopping at like, oh, uh, so like little like littles yeah. were amazing. You know, you get like, uh, just. I just remember getting tons of like watermelons and oranges and it was just like getting loads of baguettes and we'd found these like tubs of like five liters of olive oil and we we're just like 
this is alright. You know, this is this is this I is not it. bad. Oh, this is cool. Man. A buddy of mine has been on the show before. He's a he's a MMA guy. He's a jujitsu guy. But him oh, and his yeah, buddy, did you? Oh, dude, I love it. It's it's that's a whole separate issue. But they yeah. uh, a whole separate topic. But they flew to Australia to the northernmost point, bought a car, just drove down, just tripping around, and then sold yeah. it at the south part and flew home. Like apparently, that's a kind of a normal thing. Is that what y'all did? Yeah. So uh, no, he he had just a very he got a very nice four by four a land a, a land cruiser or something. Oh like wow. That. That's way nicer um, than my buddies did. Yeah, but I I did have friends over there who, so like all along the east coast is this market, or I guess across Australia, there's this market for like the camper vans, you know, like the ones yeah. you sleep in. So I had friends buy a camper van in Sydney, go on their road trip, and then they just sold it for more money up the coast. That's and what they. That's crazy. Like they made they made a couple of grand extra. It was just like this is insane. I like, love what? it. You know what else <laughs> so, I love? I love picturing dudes in a Land Cruiser, which is a fancy vehicle, then also yeah. dumpster diving behind. <laughs> that's, I, I love this so much. It was ridiculous. This is but, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, you know what? It it was a great time because I was trying to write a book at the time as well. So I was just there, like scribbling stuff. Uh, it was just, and I remember Pirates of the Caribbean. So one place where we'd pull up, we were eating watermelon, and all these people had gathered at this point. It was near uh, Brisbane, I think, near Brisbane. Yeah, and all these people had gathered around because in the distance you could see the the pirate ships because they were doing oh, they were shooting they were Pirates of the Caribbean four, I think, or yeah, I'm not sure which one it was. I never, yeah, awesome. never checked it out, but yeah, so that was kind of it's kind of a cool, and the weather is so good that it's just just like oh, this is this is a good life. Man, when my kids are old enough that I could take them on a nine hour flight, we might go to Australia. But until then, I don't want to be locked in a plane for nine hours with my kids. Yeah, like actually, lot. the funny thing was like because I I my brother both my brothers now, but my eldest brother at that time was in Toronto, so I was like, I'm gonna go to Toronto afterwards, and. Wow. So I flew from Sydney to uh, LAX, and I'd, I'd, you'd have to ask a good flat earther to explain how this works. But I arrived before I left, like because yep. like I'd crossed the the, time, the, the, the global. Yeah, the I didn't line. mean to. I just like to apologize to the flat yeah, earth whoa, community. Whoa. Uh, uh, we, my 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 podcast is pretty conservative audience over here. We're pretty, <laughs> we don't we don't believe in global warming. We don't believe in fl- flat Earth is a hundred percent here, bro. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just I I I am all for people of all earthers, uh, all shapes and sizes of don't your hurt planet. Nobody. You can be as ignorant as you want to be. Just don't hurt nobody. (laughs) It's whatever. Speaking of being ignorant, um, I I watched so many of your videos, but the one on Thoreau is the one I'd like to Mm. dig into because so many different topics popped up and whatnot. But I'm ignorant of almost all of them. So to start, Mm. your view of, and I want to say uh, in your video, you called it the American prepossession of industriousness at any cost which has mm. consumed the civilized world, which, first of all, I agree with as an American. I mean, I, I've worked in factories. I, I've done that. And you see the the ever-present push and the drive for just make more, make more, make more. Mm. W- what are your thoughts on that, and why do you think that is? Uh, it, it's So the first thing that comes to mind is I heard someone give this description of humanity at large that we seem to be like an ant colony at the moment. Like we're just constantly working and we have all the looks of like it's a specific type of alkali that's i guess they're building the colony like we we look like we're building something if you look at us from far enough away there's just this sense that like why are they moving constantly so fast why, why the are they have, like and you know you read like i've read some things about like medieval times and 
because of the crop cycle, there would be a lot of the year where people would be idle. And this was different in like the Far East because rice paddies you can grow year round. But in like the West, in, in Europe anyway, you, you would just grow the wheat for a certain portion of the year. So you'd sow it and then there's the harvest. But there was a lot of actual idleness. Hmm. And I guess just uh, times have just sped up. And why? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, why has that happened? And I, I, I obviously there's there's no simple answer. But I I don't think there's any way to stop it at this point. I think no. it's kind of just a uh, we just got to see this through until the next collapse. Um, either hmm. or the next collapse or until we uh we do the robots and the Wait. robots put us all out of work. Um, Dude, and it, then. <laughs> Even Every then, time, I don't think that would be enough, to be honest. A buddy of mine has a Tesla, and the self-driving feature I'm still not comfortable with. Like, he clicks it oh, on, yeah. and he takes his hands off, and I'm like, could you please put your hands back on the... But maybe, maybe so that, one that's not even that's not even the full self-driving. Then. That's no, just it's not the, even full, yeah. and I still don't like it. It scares me. It scares me. But yeah. I, I think, and this is, admittedly, I, I, I'm pushing into territory that I don't fully understand. I admit that. And anybody mm. listening, you know I don't understand much, so it's fine. Let's move <laughs> I think it's I'd like to add in that I also don't understand much. I would like to just uh... yeah, but for for my predominantly American audience, you have an accent. Ergo, you sound trustworthy. So we're just gonna yeah. we're just gonna run with that. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and this side of Ireland, Irish accent doesn't exactly uh, communicate credibility. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> probably has the opposite effect. Hey, not to our listeners, bro. You're about to be famous in the states. <laughs> but okay, so I think I, I think the 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 obsessive nature with just pushing out more and more. I mean, greed, obviously, you know, humanity, we're all greedy. I think all of us to some extent, if not a lot. But I think the deeper issue might be that those in power don't want us to have idle time. Those that, you know, true power, the ones way, way up the line, you and me and those of us like us, anybody, I don't think they necessarily want us to have time to be thinking about grander concepts. I, I don't know... Well, I don't that's, know if that's on that's purpose, but do, do, do you feel what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I might be tinfoil hatting this. I admit that. But with my tinfoil hat Who do you on, have in mind as the day? Anybody that has a rooting interest in, in selling American, or just anybody, it, it, selling middle class and lower class labor for more than they are paying us to do the labor. A- anybody mm. that has a rooting interest in trying to exploit the modern worker, I think also has a rooting interest in trying to keep us busy. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Do you know where I'm going? Yeah, with that? I, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I, I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that because, I, like, I don't, I don't believe in a in a cadre of of super powerful people that are planning things out. I kind of believe in, and this is again, this is just like personal taste, but I, I just believe that this this stuff just happens. Um, Interesting. This, like that, it's just a dynamic. It's just a snowball that starts rolling and turns into an avalanche. And so I think that whatever path we we set off on, just one foot in front of the other, just led to more and more and more hmm. and more. And yeah, I, I, I see it kind of coming from both sides. It's like we want to keep working because we want more stuff. And then I, I, can, I can kind of see what you mean, though. Like if I think back to uh, the idea of women entering the workplace and you think of like, well, how quickly that age-old, like, keeping women out of the workplace thing disappeared when they were like, let's double the workforce. Um, <laughs> I can just double like, my can, profits Yeah, because, like, we have twice as many people earning money, so we can charge people twice as much. So, like, before you can't really have, unless, unless one partner is earning a lot of money, you can't really have a one-person working household. That's cool. And that something else that comes to mind on that note is 
So you can't go back to that. And it does, apparently there's a similar thing in China. So China had the, the one-child policy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now they've removed the one-child policy, but they can't get people to have more than one kid because it's too expensive now yeah. to have more than one kid. Your so like the market, up. as much as there's a market in China, like moved in to fill that vacuum so that like it's nature abhors a vacuum. So you open that space and it's not like you've now got twice as much savings because two people are working or you've got ha- twice as much money because or you have as much money because you've got two kids. It's it's just completely different scales. It's just like yeah. it just fills in so that you can't. The market like adjusts. It's like memory foam. It just adjusts to the new situation and you're like, well, you're stuck. Yeah. You can't go back. Oh, you you man, decided to work more, so you're stuck in that. So. Yeah, that's where you can't. Well, I, do you ever see us getting to a point where we, without literally robots as butlers or doing these menial jobs, mm. do you do you see us ever having idle time, like species wide? Like, yeah, if you luck out and you're a millionaire or something, yeah, you can probably yeah. take the summer off. But the rest of us, do you do you see that ever coming full circle to where we'll have seasons worth of idle time? I no. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I not not as long as we're the dominant species. So I've been thinking about this a lot recently Ooh. about AI. Yeah. And about just we've got this negative perception of ai and actually i think that ai is probably just about the best possibility of a good legacy that humanity has that actually this this could be the thing that if we can birth ai uh you know we we might be better because we can't handle the complexity of the problems that are facing us on a planet-wide scale we're just we're like so i made a video a couple of weeks ago about this idea people call humanity a cancer but I was kind of exploring the idea that actually, if you look, if you look at it, we're we're much more like bacteria. We're much more like same thing with like the deer in, or the elk in Yellowstone. I don't know if you've heard that story of the reintroduction of the wolves, but basically, yeah. the elk were destroying the lowlands, and only the reintroduction of the wolves could stop them their population from like drastically increasing because without like humans calling them even with humans calling them they were destroying the lowlands but without wolves they would just keep breeding they would keep growing and they would keep consuming everything in their environment until they destroyed it and the only time that would have stopped was when the ecosystem was basically wiped out and then they were like okay we have to start dying now yeah because there is no food overgrazed. so like humans like the the overconsumptive destructive aspect of humans isn't like special to us as a species it doesn't come from us being unnatural but it's deeply rooted in our naturalness like that's the thing we have to overcome and our specifically humanness of in the video i talk about the two the two sides of it and two different approaches to solving that as the what humans are known for is wisdom which is what sapiens means so homo sapiens or intelligence so can we technologically overcome this problem or does like the greta thunberg solution of like can we be wise enough to restrain ourselves can we go on a on a planetary diet and like chill out in the carbon for a while and neither of those are going to happen because we're fighting like we're we're, it's like the pre-rundle cortex as well like a a million years old like not not the prefrontal but you know like the lizard humanity's intelligence yeah so that's that's a very recent innovation and it's up against like four billion years of evolution and so i was mapping this over onto the bacterial life cycle so bacteria have this initial phase where it's just it's just horizontal like the population curve is horizontal because they're adjusting to the environment they're just like they're figuring out what's going on so they're just getting settled and then once they figured out the environment and they're settled they it just goes on a on a, a vertical 
like their their population just goes vertical just because fights. they're now exponentially it's just like oh my god we've got like infinite resources let's just consume the shit out of this place so their their population is multiplying like crazy and then at a certain point that levels out so it's, a, it's called a logarithmic curve it levels out and then there's as many of them dying as being born and the dying ones now release their insides so the previous the the ones that are still living can feed on yeah, their, their you know you can cannibalize your your so basically it is just this this way that the life cycle goes and i can imagine that that's how the elk would have gone in yellowstone and that's how the rabbits would have gone in australia it's it's just this is the pattern life takes when it's not balanced by an ecosystem so life naturally just consumes until all the resources in the area are gone life isn't naturally conservative and yeah. so I think that humans, now that we've got going, I can't see us ever stopping. And like, it's just going to head out into the stars. I, I just don't see, unless there's a collapse, I don't see how we could go back to idleness. I, it's just, it's just not, it's hard to imagine it. But like, if AI comes along and we are to AI what dogs are to us, then yeah, I think I think we could go back to idleness because we would just be like, think think about the difference between the smartest human and the average human. Think yeah. about like an Einstein, a Newton, a, a Tesla. Like these people had brains that could do things unimaginable compared See to that would otherwise be thought of as crazy. I mean, yeah. we're thought of as crazy, and they're just like a tiny deviation away from the normal human population. So imagine yeah. AI is an order of magnitude smarter than them, and now imagine how irrelevant we have become. And so at that point, I would happily be... Imagine, like, dogs created humans in a test tube. That's what it's going to be like to AI, if yeah. we can ever... If that is a possibility. But I think if we applied ourselves, I think eventually we will get to creating an AI. And I think it could be the most powerful and beautiful thing we've ever done. Like, that that could be the redeeming trait of humanity. Not that I think hu- humanity needs redemption. I think we're just doing us. We're just doing what life does. And uh, we, we just happen to be conscious of the fact that we're, <laughs> that we're assholes. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the curse of humanity. Is I that, like, it. we're aware that we could potentially do differently, but probably we never could. But we're not going to. Yeah. See, but I'm comfortable is the thing. I've got a lot of new <laughs> stuff. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Take that's a step great. back. Yeah, slow down. What do you mean yeah. slow down? But dude, that's perfect that you bring up AI because one of the things I want to ask you, mm. as far as the concept of time speeding up, mm. uh, I mean, I started looking into this. Apparently, like there's plenty of scientists that are like full on researching the the Earth is actually spinning faster. They are adding, they're calling it leap seconds. Uh, mm. Apparently, this has been happening since the 70s. This is just like not brought up a lot, I guess, or just whatever. Mm. But they've been adding a leap second to at least once a year, every year since the 70s. And here's what's to make you, if you want to just get scary with it. The shortest day on record was in uh, July 19th, 2020. Uh, it was 1.46 milliseconds shorter than the record thus far. So in, in July 19th, 2020, it was the shortest day ever. Since that day, in July 19th, 2020, the shortest day record has been broken 28 times. Dang. So we are literally speeding up. The concept of a 24-hour mm. day has to be adjusted. They're adding these quote-unquote leap seconds. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Can we as a species keep up with that? Or do we require AI to take this torch and, and carry on existence, for lack of a better term, and all-encompassing just life? Do, do we almost necessitate birthing this AI in order for it to continue? Because humans, I think, can only go so fast. Do mm. you think we can continue to evolve fast enough to, you know, et cetera? Do, do you think that we are even capable of being the best thing on here forever or we need AI? 
I think I think it's either got to be transhumanism, like so we merge with with the technology, yeah. Uh, so like augmenting our natural capacities, or else, yeah, or else it's got to be AI itself. Like I I think clearly if you look at the problems that we're dealing with and our incapacity to to even just get a a grip on them, <laughs> it's like we we're facing just a lot of extremely complex problems that come from like systems level. Like it's it's like. Our science, our science has been extremely basic, if you think about it, because it's been about isolating single variables, and let's study what the moth looks like when I've dissected it, and like that's that's a very simple thing to do because you're observing one thing. But the when you move to ecology and you're seeing millions of interactions happening, and you don't know, and this is why I think psychology hasn't really had massive success as a field is that like you don't know what you're dealing with because there's so many variables you can't just say like let's 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 uh, let's test this one variable it's very hard to do that because you don't know what systems you're affecting and Hmm. i think that like the ecological perspective takes in such a level of complexity and that's what's going on in the brain that's what's going on in the body that's what's going on in culture like what's happening between people that and then humans as part of that greater ecosystem that like humans have were ingenious in that we've 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 managed to do any science because it's so much noise that to have isolated any signal i think is a massive achievement but i don't think we have the computing capacity to deal with the level of complexity to deal with the problems we're facing so you look at the the potentials of computers in certain domains and already like what algorithms are able to do in terms of manipulating mass psychology is way more powerful than than the greatest propagandists in history all combined like it's just it's 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 just mind-boggling and that's just the beginning like we're just in the first what when the computers come around we'll say minsky was like the 50s right yeah Yeah, so like we say 60s 60s onwards so we're we're what 60 years into we're not even a century into this and they're already better at manipulating us at mass scale uh i think i think the danger point is getting it from human hands into the i I would feel safer in an autonomous ai's hands than i would would in yeah like because the thing is is that like as long as humans have control of it whoever can control the algorithm has the most power Whoever has the most powerful algorithm, it's not like I think that the difficulty is going to be getting from the point where we have AI that's truly well, sorry, getting from the point where we have AI that's created but is is leashed by, we'll say, some world government or yeah. by a multinational organization, yeah. which I trust less than having an AI that is that is purely autonomous because assuming it's got a higher computing power it's best like i think that all humans are trying to do their best um this is like a a sort of an empowering belief but i also i also naturally am an optimistic kind of person and naturally naive so like i i I kind of choose that belief on some level because (laughs) i like it. it, it it creates it creates good interpersonal interactions so i naturally believe that like humans are all doing their best in the world and but so much evil shit happens because our best isn't good enough because we run into the the best of other people or the worst of other people. And so I think given AI on on its worst day, the the challenge of creating a better world and it's got like infinitely more resources to achieve that. And even if it came to the like the worst case scenario, oh they eliminate humans, it's like that that would be terrible. I don't I don't see that they would. And I've heard like someone had this really interesting perspective 
that apparently the perception of AI in the West is very different to the perception of it in the East. So in the West, we see it like Terminator. We see the, the yeah. potential of the thing taking away our agency and destroying us. Freedom. But in the East, it's seen as like, it's going to be this salvation because it's going to be like a new member of your family that is like, you know, because they have a very community-based, much more community-based mindset and philosophy. So having that integrated into their family, into their, into their world is going to be better for everyone. So it's like having this great thing around is going to be better for everyone. So there's even a cultural perception when it comes to something like AI, which is fascinating. That is interesting. I've not heard that, but it's certainly in the West and me being an American, like we over romanticize the concept of rugged individualism just me and myself and i can do it by (laughs) the idea that some robot's going to be able to tell me what to do i don't like like (laughs) that's a very that's the very american take on it but the idea that it would be more familial the idea that it would be less the, the idea that it wouldn't be something other than yourself it would just be a new iteration of life as we know it is more comforting i suppose but yeah Let's, I mean, let's humanize the AI a bit. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see it as... Because like, I don't know what we're seeing it as when we're looking at Terminator. I, I feel like we're just projecting the worst parts of our individualist selves. Like, yeah. if I had all the power in the world, if I was orders of magnitude better than everyone else and more yeah. intelligent than everyone else, what would I do? Well, naturally, I'd kick the crap out of everyone. Yeah, I'd take over everything. <laughs> yeah. But see, that even that's just like... That's, that's bad psychology. So there's a great... A, a play researcher called his name is Stuart Brown and I remember reading his book play and he was talking about when like you're talking about play between animals which is really interesting like play in the animal kingdom and he was saying that like when I think it was gorillas or chimps when they fight each other if one of them is so much more powerful than the other he will like handicap himself so he like put his arm behind his back and then they'll wrestle yeah. so like you you want an enemy that's like equal to you and my sense is that AI if we can ever get it to the point of true sentience, it's going to be so, so many orders of magnitude more intelligent than us that like quashing us is just not going to be, it's not going to be, even if they were evil, it just wouldn't be fun or wouldn't be, there'd be no point in it. Cause it's like, yeah. what, like humans aren't fighting ants for control of the planet, even though ants are everywhere. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, they I, I feel outnumber like, us, but we're not threatened by them because obviously yeah. why would we? Be? Cause we're just like, Oh, they're not as smart as us. They're not like, they're yeah. not interfering with our goals. And, Actually, have you seen her? The, no, no, I haven't. When he falls in love oh, with the, the AI. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Is it? Um, I'm going to have to check that out. I don't watch yeah, a lot of movies, but that's that one. for Just for the, the – if a movie doesn't interact with me where I'm sitting there thinking, I'm out. If, if it's just like yeah. shoot them up and car chases, I'm, I'm so bored. Like I get so bored. Quickly, but <laughs> yeah, but a concept like that w- would keep me intrigued. But also I like the idea that the AI would look at us more like it should – more like we'd be like a, like a, like a, like a child. Almost. Like I could go, yes. I could go to my kids' elementary school right now and dominate on the basketball court. I could destroy. <laughs> the, but so what? Why would I spend any time? Why would yeah. I? And that might be how they view us. Is why would I waste? Why would I? In their point of view, why would I waste my time? Yeah, on it would be more like your senile parents or like yes. yeah, like a kid. You're just like, oh, it's it's gonna want to care for us probably because it's it's probably gonna look on the better angels of our nature rather than unless God, it sees so. us as a complete nuisance. Yeah. to the planet yeah, which threat to the ecosystem in which case yeah maybe maybe you're right but even even then i still think we would have done a 
a a good job i th- I think birthing yeah. ai would still be because i think moving out into the universe even for discovering something like faster than light travel if you had a collective of ai then i feel like they'd get there a lot quicker like oh, i feel gosh. like a truly sentient and creative ai like assuming their creativity is order of magnitude superior to humanity as well then they would get to that point of discovering faster than light travel or discovering yeah. the best even even if they didn't, like the idea of being on a sleeper ship for a thousand years to get to Alpha Centauri is no big deal to an AI because it it's just age. like, well, I just, yeah, I just turn down the batteries for a bit. Like, it's grand. <laughs> just flip me off, flip me back on when we get there, man. Sounds good. <laughs> it's grand. So like that, even that, that idea of, because you got to look at the long term trajectory and seeing it not being about humans, because even if humans stick around within a few million years, we'll have evolved beyond Homo sapiens. Yeah. So the lineage we're passing on isn't Homo sapiens, but life itself. Mm-hmm. And so the vision of spreading life into the universe and the best way to do that is probably something more AI. But then, of course, that's just going to invoke images of Hal from yeah. uh, A Space Odyssey. You're just but like, but I'm sorry, I, I can't do that, Dave. I think that's <laughs> where we all go, though. It, it, as long as it's a human programming the AI, I think, I think everybody is still on board. It's once we get to the stage where the AI is able to repair or, or, or change its own code, once an AI can make another AI, then it's then you know it's out of the box, and it's, it's you know you can't get that genie back in the bottle. And I think that's but see what's... that's something that I find really interesting because I, I I remember I had this idea years ago about like if God doesn't exist, let's create him. In the sense of you create an AI, you create a computer, a robot that creates the best version of itself. Like it, we we create the best possible thing we can create, the most intelligent, the most sophisticated thing. And we send it off to Mars so that people don't feel threatened by it. Naturally. And it's just <laughs> like you, you have the imperative, and it's not like an enforced thing, but it's like you have the imperative to create something that is at the limits of your complexity to create. So you go off and create that, and that thing in turn creates the most complex thing that it can create. And then you start like an iterative cycle There's of dominoes, man. everything reaching the end of its complexity. So like AI creating something that's orders of magnitude more complex than itself. And then ultimately, like ending up in something that like was an RTC Clark that said the thing about any any technology uh, sufficiently beyond your your means will appear as as magic. Yeah. And yeah, within like, but and the thing as well is that like computers, it's just about the speed of processing that they can do. So potentially, they could reach something that looks godlike to us within For sure. minutes of us creating AI. That's, That's the thing the is that crazy, once, once yeah. the genie is out of the bottle. But I'm I'm much more afraid of like humans programming AI and us having like specific AI rather than general AI itself that self evolves because I, as you say you just won't see us as a threat. But specific AI like leashed AI is something much more dangerous. Be, I yeah, think. you can make it to where it views like, any sect of the population as a threat, like on purpose. And, and already is... like it's filled with our biases. Like so they've yeah, yeah. seen this with computers that like computers are like slightly racist. Because <laughs> they are. It's they, terrible. They take but that's because we are. It's, it's, yeah, it's... exactly. So as long as they're tethered to us, they're not doing too well. You know what mm. I mean? So like, oh, have you seen iRobot? Yes. That I have I mean that was back when I still had free time. Oh, yes. So that <laughs> before kids, I yep. guess. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> so what's really interesting with that is that like there's two AI in that, right? There's there's like two really autonomous ones. Yeah. There's v- Vicky, which is like the centralized mainframe, and then there's Sonny, who's the robot who who isn't who isn't behoven to the three laws. Mm-hmm. And Sonny is the hero. And Vicky is the evil one because Vicky is trying to follow the three laws because yeah. she says, I'm going to shut you all down 
and there's a curfew because you can't like look after yourself yeah you're making the world the worst place so in trying to follow the three laws she ends up being like a tyrannical ai whereas the ai that like isn't bound to the three laws has like compassion and creativity he dreams and he draws like he's he's actually something that we recognize as human you know what i mean there's a human element to that because we've let him because it's not like a pet that we have or like a slave a new form of slave it's like he gets recognized as life itself and so he behaves like a hero which is interesting because it's not at, at some point yeah at some point the, the whatever the ai is will get to the point where it realizes that if it is still tethered to humanity that in and of itself is the problem like the, the yeah. idea that i mean we are only so good even at our at our best even if we all it put 100% positive nature into a any type of ai it's still going to fall short of what an ai could do on its own i mean in the same way that if anybody's yeah. controlling any other human being that the person that's being controlled will never be their full potential that's just not possible obviously so like yeah. the idea of letting them be free and then seeing where they run with it that is Wow, I mean, it's equal parts scary and amazing. Like what, what it Which could is, end it's, up being. It's worth watching her to yeah. see what they do with that concept. Okay, because like this is something they do, and at the end, I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. That's right. I like I like that. The, um, that's the, a bit uh, different. I'm a have to. It, it's also crazy that literally my guest last week also brought up that same quote that any sufficiently advanced uh, AI will be you know seen as magic to to yeah, us, which is crazy. Yeah. That's that's it's coming up more and more in just the collective psyche. But all right, so so flipping it completely then from from AI and robots in the future and space to rewinding back as far as we can go, and mm. the idea of because Thoreau tried to be self sufficient almost completely. In fact, listening to your video was incredibly interesting because he would try to do literally all his work in one day and then have, you know, four or five, six days off to just pursue the, mm. the idea of the thought. And the, you know. But here's my question. Is, is fully self-sufficient living even possible anymore? Is that, have we become too accustomed to modern conveniences and, and store-bought everything? Do you think it's, it's even possible I, to I, approach that? I think it's possible. Like, there was a girl here in Ireland, uh, a friend of a friend, who she just left home and like just proper airy hippie kind of girl but she just went off and just living off the land for like nine months during one of ireland's like worst winters and she's just pretty sure she's still out there somewhere wandering around uh so like i think i think it's possible and yeah so like there's definitely people that are growing their own crops and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but it's, it's funny like to do that now you need to be you need to have already you're in some sense transcending the system you're not like outside of it because you've probably bought the land yeah you know what i mean you probably paid people to to build the house so you're building on the shoulders of civilization it's not like independent living it's Mm -hmm. it's more like you've managed to become self-sufficient off the back of civilization rather than separate to it which is where thoreau's example is quite interesting It's, it's a very different thing if it's on emerson's land so it's it's a friend of his's land and i don't think he was trying to go for full self sufficiency either uh, hmm. that's that's kind of a, a, a more of a popular myth about him because people often slander him like oh his mother and his sister did his washing and it's like yeah yeah but like that like his point was more about idleness and more about uh which is a point i've actually seen bo burnham make recently that he was talking about no one is making great works of art anymore. like who's taking a year out to just make something brilliant make one like yeah, in terms of content, chapel like, yeah yeah, just like making something amazing. And people are more focused on like, you know, you got to 
there's the content mill. So like people yep. that you have people's attention for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and Bo Burnham's Inside is something that I've watched like oh, again so and good. again and again. And one I, of the like, few things I've I've seeked out to watch recently because he is yeah. that good. But that's a, that's an interesting point because you're right. I mean, the idea of spending a month on any one project like you have to have 13 things up in the air at all times. You got to have 15 mm. balls in the air. You got to keep juggling, keep spinning. Like yeah. the idea that you would focus on one thing is so counterintuitive it actually nowadays. scares me as well i'm Does like it? could i could i do it could i could oh, i handle God. like it, it it both like it makes me it gets me so excited because i'm like oh imagine doing that yeah but also it's just like i i procrastinate making a video every week like what, so would, do I do? what, what would i what would i do with like having a like a massive project like yeah. i would and I think Bo Burnham does well in communicating that as well, of just the thing of like, yeah, so I've decided uh, I, I don't want this to end, so uh, I'm going to make this forever, and I'm, I'm actually talking to no one, so uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, this is like a really great, like, random cut in the middle of Inside. And yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing of, I, I don't know if my psychology is yet up to the challenge of doing mm. something like that. Um, Dude, not to mention I'd be scared that if I put in two, three months of just one thing, and I get done with that one thing, and it's shit. Like I, I, will feel, <laughs> I will be so disappointed. Like that was it, huh? I just I just spent a quarter of a year doing literally nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Because like I've, I've, I've written, a, I wrote a book uh, when I was in Australia. I wrote like the first. Like I had had this idea for a book, and then I wrote what came out of me. It was the first time ever writing a book. So I was like, okay, let's just let it happen. And then I went back to edit, and I was like, oh, this is uneditable. This is. <laughs> This is like five different books. I don't know what I was trying to do here. So I rewrote it and then it wasn't good enough. And then I rewrote that and I was like, oh, this is getting closer. And I was going to get it like self-published here. And then it was just a point where I was just like, I think I read, I read a Ryan Holiday book actually about like the perennial seller, books to keep on selling. And I was just like, ah, oh, this book isn't good enough. This is like, it's, it's like, it's all I right. I mean, I'm just like, it's not there yet. There's something that I'm trying to get to and it's not there. So I was just like, I've shelved well you know literally and no just just metaphorically <laughs> shelve the project um, for now yeah, actually for no li- literally as well I, I have a printed out copy so i've literally really? done metaphorically yeah. shelf. <laughs> i was like for those listening i'm looking right behind james is a bookshelf so i'm just going to picture <laughs> that it's on that shelf and we're just going to call that good sure oh that's funny but dude, even with bo burnham's uh comedy because he, he you know filmed it all in his room but mm. I, I think it also lends to another thing i want to ask you the the concept of of you know thoreau and many others but the idea that humanity is living in quiet desperation. And mm. then the last two and a half, whatever, how many years of the pandemic, I, I think is, is exacerbating this problem. I, I think is absolutely putting into the focus of people's mental health and the idea that we do all live, you know, in, in quote unquote, quiet desperation. Mm. Do you think though, that there's any positive nature to this pandemic that maybe it's forcing people to even be okay with that? To, to, well, what to... about challenging that premise, though? What about challenging Ooh. the idea? Because I've, I've been thinking about that recently. Of, of Well, what if it's a question of if we stopped, then... Because I was thinking about this in terms of, like, the death of God. Like, Nietzsche, Nietzsche wrote, wrote this thing about God is dead and we have killed him. Yeah. And it's, it's not... It's generally understood as, like, that's the end of the age of, like, traditional religion. But actually, the people that Nietzsche is speaking to, the people that Zara, the madman is speaking to in that section, are... They're more like modernist people they're more like mocking him for believing in god you know what i mean for like thinking yeah. that god existed they're like what are you talking about and he like hit the point of that passage is actually we have killed god not just the christian god but like 
what everything that was attached to that because you didn't realize all the things that were tied up with that which is the grounding of our morality like the universal ground of meaning was there and so this is like the beginning of the problem of nihilism because you take away that grounding and all of a sudden you're left with an ocean of relativism an ocean of nihilism and an ocean of like what the fuck are we doing here and so if the fact that we're moving so fast, could it be that we're moving away from something? Could it be that we're we're afraid to stop because of what's going to be there? Because the void is, is just waiting for us when we do stop. So maybe Ooh. like the life of quiet desperation, maybe the thing is if we if we stop, we have like a serious spiritual crisis to have as a species. And maybe it's easier to not do that because having like a spiritual catharsis is is it's probably easier not to have a spiritual catharsis and to just die at some point. Um, <laughs> Definitely, you know I, mean? I would I would agree. That's crazy because that, that ties in perfectly with, with where we started with with time speeding up. Mm. Maybe that's why, and, and also why we're why we're constantly obsessed with with manufacturing and making and business and go and work. We're scared that if we stop, that thing that we're running from is still right there. We're scared mm. that we haven't left it far enough behind this this giant void of. I mean, it, it, call it God if you want to call it, but you know that that giant void of morality. Maybe a God-shaped of, hole in our yes. in our in our worldview. Like, oh man, that's a great. So what, that what, where does the it. meaning? And I, I think that there is, uh, like, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung's work, and I, so I think that, like, out of that sense of that void, the collective unconscious births something new, and so you got to look at like Christianity, like all of these things are came across came out at in historical times and it's not like there was no religions before that it's just that they were like the a religion dies when it loses its grip on the the psyche of its of its community and clearly that's what's happened with christianity and the like and if you look back to the ancient greeks the ancient romans clearly their pagan religion they'd outgrown it 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 just lost its its grip on them and so you can see in ancient rome in the early centuries AD, they were bringing in the, the Mithras cult from Iran. Then they had the, the, the Jesus cult from Israel. And then they had the Isis cult from Egypt. So they had all these different like mystery cults. They were looking at these mystery religions because they were thirsting to fill that void of meaning that was missing in them. Mm-hmm. And you map that over onto today and we've got the buddhism and taoism and you've got all these people who are like very atheistic and very enthusiastic about these exotic uh far eastern religions and so you see a similar dynamic playing out except that we've got more science but i suppose we're extricating the psychotechnologies from these from these domains and now from i guess also the psychotechnologies of uh dmt and and ayahuasca and stuff so you've got like we're we're yeah, we're we're still finding a way to get to that meaning. So I I think that we could still do and we could still find and there's a lot of people flocking to like the 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 rainforest to get their their hit of the of the of the meaning magic. Oh, um, so yeah, like maybe the death of God isn't such a disaster because something new can bubble up. It's just it's a void but out of that void, you know, if you stare into the abyss for long enough, the abyss stares back. That's stare another right feature. Back at you. I uh, like it. So. I mean, but Terrence McKenna, uh, an author I've always enjoyed, but he, he calls it the archaic revival. The idea that when, when systems and, and societies outgrow the, the norms that they've used however long to get to this point, they don't know what to do. So they start looking back and starting to bring up older stuff. But they, much like they did with ISIS and with Christianity, they mm. were just like, look, man, I don't know what to do. But like clearly what we've had isn't going to work. So let's just 
look back and grab these and bring them up. But then also, no, dude, I love Terrence, but also Terrence always pushed the idea of DMT, which is not something I had planned on talking to you about, but have you ever, and are you comfortable with pushing into this space right now? I I don't (laughs) know if you're, if you're not comfortable being on record, say for, for legal reasons, none of us have ever tried anything illegal. Obviously DMT is a fascinating, uh, uh, yeah. moment in time. It, have, have you ever tried it? I, are, are, do you know what? I haven't, but right. I, I have a, f- I know someone that has some. And a few months ago, like he, he's been, he's, he's been saying, said to me about a year ago. He's just like, listen, if you ever want to take that, you know. And I was like, ah, uh, I don't know, I don't know, because I had a friend that took that and was like fully psychotic for you know years afterwards. Like I, he, I, I saw him. Like three or four months later, I was getting on a bus to go back to Scotland. He came out to meet me that night and we were chatting and he just kept looking up to the right. And this is like three months after he took DMT. Yeah. And I was like, "What? why do you keep looking up, man? He was like, oh, the void is just there. And I was like, I got to get a bus. I, I, got, I got time for it. Dude, the, the this, first, is, this is a more than two minute conversation. I had, a, I had a similar first interaction with someone who had just done some nightshade, which is very similar. Uh, but I was hanging out with a friend. Uh, like a, a tomato or a potato. They're nightshade. They're there. <laughs> this is a slightly more psychoactive. Um, oh, right. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, there's a, anyways. But yeah, this guy uh, said that he was talking with with essentially what he called crab people. And every now and again, we'd just be having a regular conversation. He was like, yeah, it was a really interesting, it was an odd spot, you know, but it was, it was interesting talking to him and all that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. And every now and again, he would just sit on the floor and just, and for those listening, you can't see me, but I'm moving my hands as if a crab. He would just sit on the floor and just do this. And then he would mm. come back to the conversation as if that hadn't happened. And I was like, well, that's, I don't oh, ever want to wow. try whatever you just tried. Like, clearly, I don't yeah. ever want to do that. Many years later, I, I got up the gumption to try it myself. I've now done it many times. I'm not going to tell anybody what you should or shouldn't do delving into that type of, uh, of a landscape. And I do mean it's a landscape. It's a digital permanent expanse that is, mm. is, is permanent. It is infinite jumping in there. If you're ready can be an amazing thing. If you're not ready, your buddy, my buddy, these, I wasn't a buddy, but he's acquaintance. It can be whatever, but bro, it, you find something there that, that is so familial. It feels so normal. You are not, mm. at least for me, I was having a conversation with a, with a entity. Like, swear to God, I, I'm talking to a thing that just told me go, and then I'm suddenly flying through space. I mean, you know, for two seconds later, I've lost all concept of what my, you know, I'm in an apartment, I'm on a couch. None of that means anything anymore. It, you're in this infinite expanse. It all told me was go, and then suddenly I paused, and I can see forever, and I, you can see through time, blah, 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 all the things, but it's true. And it just says love. And in that moment, I felt more at peace than I ever have in my entire life. Wow. That moment lasted days, if not years, if not thousands, but eventually I went, hey, so can I get back? Like I've got like family and like friends and like, I don't know, like how long have I been here? Like, and at that point I start freaking out in this realm, <laughs> talking to this three dimensional, four dimensional thing. And I just go, look, man, I, I'd like to get back now, please. Like I'm kind of freaking, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even, sure. and suddenly I open my eyes and I'm staring at my buddy who had just handed me the pipe three minutes ago. And I'm on his couch again. And I was like, what just happened? And he just goes, I don't know what happened. It's like, Oh my God. I've done it a few more times since then. I, they are all very similar. You will contact something. Call it the void. Call it God. Call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But here's something. Do you believe in God? Or are, are you a, 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 in whatever God is? I don't even necessarily mean the, the Christian God it's or the Hindu good, God or Buddha. It's you know. a very good question. I, I've, yeah. I was only journaling about this a few days ago because I was like, do I believe? <laughs> like, yeah, it's I'm a great. It's a, every, every morning I'm sitting down. Changes day to like, day, man. Do I believe in God? And it's, it's, I'm not an atheist and i i have definitely at times in my life been strongly partial i believe in mystical experiences hmm. 
but what the truth value of those experiences is uh is beyond me and so i i don't know but i'm definitely i i think that yeah this this current atheistic uh materialist paradigm is i think um obviously very limited and very much a a product of its time i don't think that this is by any means a final perspective and i think very far from it i I think the fact that it completely neglects subjectivity and Mm. interiority is is you know for for a start that's just like bizarre so yeah i think i think that there are mystical experiences you could argue that that's an evolutionary thing i like i don't know um I know that like so I, I remember using this 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 clip from Jordan Peterson when he was on Tim Ferriss's podcast and he was talking about DMT research and he was just talking about this DMT researcher that left the field because every single person came back saying you know that was life changing that was the that was reality that was more mm. real than anything I've ever experienced in my entire mm. life. And that's not just one person. That's every single person on the trial. And it's just like, wh- what do you do with that? What, like, what, <laughs> what do you do when someone... It's, it's not like when you wake up from a dream, you go, oh, that was a dream. When you, like, you, know, when you read something you've written when you were stoned, you go, oh, that was just like my stoned yeah. mind. You know, I was been there, yeah. Uh, same with like mushrooms, that can happen a lot. But like when people come back from like DMT trips, it's just like, no, no. That was more real than my real life. Then this that, is, that is reality. This, this conversation. Is, this, this is the it, dream. I'm just trying to mirror that reality here. And it feels... Vi- the problem is you can't say that to a lot of people. The problem is if you try to tell people that like, no, no, all you got to do is smoke this. You'll go to a different, entirely different reality. You will interact with seemingly intelligent beings that know far more than you. And then you'll be shot back here. What are you supposed... Like how you can't... You, you can't make scientific claims off of that there is no baseline evidence to use you are simply making you're making theories out of ghosts you're making theories out of out of sand that is slipping through your fingers the best you can do is just try to explain it but it sounds i mean it sounds crazy that, that well i have i have thought about this of like how like so i i, I said earlier our science is extremely limited and we're doing actually, our best. before i forget uh did, did you experience the light at the end of the tunnel the, the oh yeah Oh, big time. Genuinely, I thought I had died. Uh, This very first time. I've done it multiple times. I've done it different ways. I I don't recommend anybody doing anything you don't feel comfortable doing. Don't do it. If if you're comfortable with smoking it, it, it's more intense. It's more direct. And it's just more quick. You you literally, it's, you know, like when you're like on a road trip or on a flight and like you kind of fall asleep and then you sort of wake back up and you kind of fall asleep and like you can't really tell how long you've been asleep. It's it's that feeling, but times a billion. You know, (laughs) it's not the idea of time. You can't even fathom it, but it, it, I literally, I'm in a, I'm in an infinite expanse. I'm talking to a, a called a deity for lack of a better term. It's a, it's a three-dimensional object that carries no sides, no angles, yet it's still present. It's, it's, it's it, and you can feel that it is old. You can mm-hmm. feel that this thing has been around far before me, but possibly the oldest thing ever. But also, yes, I literally, at some point, I, I, that's when I started freaking out. I was like, I need to go back. I thought I had died. It's the only drug I've ever taken. I've never so taken. So did you any... go through the gates, or did oh, you? There, in my in my experience, or it was. Do you remember the, the old uh, computer screensaver when it, it's just a black screen and there's white dots flying forward? Like it's one of the original like Windows screensavers. It was just a bunch. Of, mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to simulate flying through space, but it, it sort of was like that. But flying fast as anything, 
through space and then eventually you get to yeah, yeah it's, it's a very basic you know like windows 95 back in the day but you, you i was flying through it whatever it is and that eventually came to this open infinite expanse it felt like like a like a as if you had deleted it, like you're playing Minecraft. I don't know if you played, but if you, if you were playing it, you just deleted everything. And you just have a blank, open, infinite expanse. And then out of nowhere comes this this deity. And you know, it, all he tells me is love, or he, she, it, whatever. And then, you know, that's cool, and that's great. But after a while, I seriously thought that I had passed. And I, I thought this was the afterlife. Uh, because I'd forgotten that I was ever on a couch. I'd forgotten my mm. name. But it's the only a drug I've ever taken. Again, never taken drugs. It's the only drug I've ever taken that doesn't affect your thought process. You don't think slower. You don't think deeper. Nothing. Everything about your mind, not about your physical being, not about your name or your family, your friends or your history, but everything about your mind, your consciousness is unaffected. You are thinking mm. full speed. You are thinking absolutely rationally. And the only rational assumption I could come to was that, holy shit, I'm dead. I don't want to be here anymore. Can you send me back to whatever it is I used to be at? Like, that, I started panicking. So, like, can I say that I technically went through the end? No, I guess not in the, in the, the movie-centered version of, like, going through a thing. But I, mm. I, I felt that I had. I felt that I had literally jumped the chasm to the next evolutionary wow. step of consciousness of whatever this is and i begged to come back because you do feel like you've been there for thousands of years like i don't know if you get into the, the, the band <laughs> wow. tool but that song they have about ten thousand days like is no exaggeration you feel yeah. like you've been there for way too long like i was like i've overstayed my welcome i don't want to be here panic send me home if you get in you know i can't tell anybody to do it i can't tell anybody <laughs> to do it, but it's it's uh <laughs> it's definitely something worth trying if you are uh into no it's, it's actually things. something i was like even just this week i was thinking like this might be a good week for it um Dude. so like yeah and there was there was a time a few months ago when i was just like i, I tried to arrange it as well and then there was just a miscommunication always happens. and around things like that i'm just like my my old like uh synchronicitous brain kicks in and i'm like mm, you don't, don't force things like this don't so okay yeah yeah so I like pushed it. oh man this is i'll try and end on this because we just passed the hour mark but getting it from a friend of mine who i will not name uh it was we're gonna call it south dakota because i don't even want this to be tied back to the guy anyways dude's on a farm and he literally owns bison like quite literally owns bison and when mm. i was walking up to his house to get this stuff the bison were staring me down and i didn't really think of it at the time i don't really i was just like okay that's weird like they're standing by the door but whatever go in get the stuff come back out walk to my car as i'm walking to my car i don't realize that to in front of me is my car 12 yards away to my left is a baby calf it's a bison baby maybe six months old i don't know to my right is the entire family mama m multiple other bison i'm now in between a mother buffalo and her kid oh god it charges me i swear I swear to you charges me they're not small. No, my word. I mean, they're easily 2,000 pounds. This thing is bigger than my car by far. And it's run. Mm. I literally have to run a couple steps and dive into the bushes and just hide while it's just like all around me, just like trying to make sure. And eventually my buddy comes out and yells for him and it leaves or whatever, leaves me alone. But like literally my, my, my first step into the, the DMT sphere space, whatever, was getting attacked by a bison. And that was right. something that made me realize maybe you don't push these kinds of things. The, the universe was has that, a way of... Like, what, what makes you think you were pushing that? Was... I think the universe, it, it, when it comes to these types of moments, and, and I'm a fan of almost all of them, Every time I've ever, <laughs> every time I have ever forced one to happen has been on the negative end of the scale. I've forced. The, I'm not going to name cities and stuff because I have friends that are, are far more official than me and they have nice jobs and they care. 
Mm. I pushed one with a friend of mine and her friend, and the, her friend wasn't really having it, but I kept pushing it, and it, wasn't, and it ended up disastrous. And it happened a second time with my brother specifically and one of his friends, and I kept pushing it, and they were hesitant, and it was disastrous. And I'm realizing that whatever these things are and whatever they are supposed to enlighten us for, you have to be damn sure you're ready to mm. do them. If you're not, I think the universe tries to make sure you're not. I think it tries to insulate you against a potentially, like your buddy, a potentially life-threatening experience. Not that you're going to die, but that yeah. your your point oh, of no, view you can, will be, be shattered. You can be eviscerated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you're, mentally, you can just be erased. Like, you could come back and not remember who you are. That's a thing. So, like, there's obviously, yeah. I, I think that these types of things keep their own little shield. And if you're really willing to push past and dance around and get there, as long as you're ready... If there's a lot to to be found there, yeah, because it's 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 mm, I, it's strange to me that it, this is something that is done willy nilly by people. Oh man, you know what I mean? I had no like, idea how serious this, I should have been taking it. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's just like oh, this is just something that like kids are passing around. Yeah, like, young it's not a party drug, and, and it's just like what? Yeah, it's like, not just like here's a joint or here's a bottle of booze. Like it yeah. is not that. It is it's it is probably not. something that like a shaman would train, you know. Yes, like, a decade before taking yes. anything. Kind of I was just like, you know, this is something you you get like extremely mentally prepared for. And nah, so, but I, left... I think I think I have a little bit too much of that. No, I don't know if I have too much of it, but like when what me and me and a friend that arranged it a few months ago, so it was in my mind it was going to happen like the Saturday we'll say, and I was like. <sighs> You know, I was working myself up to it because I was like, this is serious. Like, this it is, is I'm, this, I'm like, I am intimidated. Because, like, <laughs> I, I had a moment. I did ayahuasca once. Oh, no way. I had a moment. But, like, yeah. So, early on in the trip, the, the woman was, like, shaking this, like, rattle and stuff. And I could just feel, like, my reality was, like, you know, on the edge of disintegration. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was just, so I've done a lot of Vipassana sits. And I was just focusing on my heart. And I was just like, okay, the sensation is here. What's, what's the sensation? So I was just doing Vipassana. I was just, like, yeah, focusing yeah. on the sensations in the body. And I had the sense of a female presence, like, just I'm out of my peripheral to the right. And I was like, ah, that's probably, that could very well be primed by, yep. like, other people's things. True. And I felt like... I I felt like I was on the edge of like a cliff. I felt like I was about to like not like a cliff but like a precipice. I felt yeah, like yeah. I was about to fall off of my stead stable ordered world into something that was, you know, chaos that just did not have that was bottomless. Yeah. And bottomless that was terrifying, it. but then I I purged and yeah, so I just I got sick. And then it just like that was it. Really. It's kind of wafted away. Yeah, like the rest of the night, I was just there, just kind of like everyone else was like tripping balls, and I'm just like, yeah, it's just like me lying awake all night just thinking. Um, so I've never had like I've taken I've taken a lot of like psychedelics over the years, and I've never had an experience where I was out with with drugs ever. I'm I'm quite cautious. I'm a cautious person anyway. Smart, but I've never had uh, an experience where I've been out of control. Interesting, and that in itself is very interesting. And I know that with DMT. That's not really an option. Yeah, the, and the I don't only... like. I, I want. I wanted to take that step beyond my <laughs> my remit of control, but that's why it's terrifying to me. The only thing that I could say that would calm me down, because I, I've taken a, a myriad of things and done physically things that I've regretted, um, so I, I won't be going down those those roads anymore. With DMT, you can't move. Your body does not work. It is a a divinely mental 
exercise that no matter mm. what you're thinking is going on, your body is not. I mean, every time I've done it, literally I, I awake still holding, like haven't even set the lighter down, like still like, <laughs> frozen in time. So I mean, yeah. if you're scared of physical ramifications, there are none. Mentally, you know, as well as I do, the but mind see, goes on <laughs> forever. Cause, like, I, I've had this with uh, lucid dreaming. So I used to oh, do a yeah. lot of like wake induced lucid dream. I was, I was fixated on wake induced lucid dreams. So that's where you go from being fully awake, trying to maintain your consciousness until you until a dream forms around you basically because yeah. i was like that's the way to mastery because if you can do awake induced lucid dream you don't have to wait when you're in a dream and recognize it i was like that's the way to mastery but it ended up being very interesting like to experience what the different states of consciousness are like between wakefulness and the dream formation and it was yeah it was a very bizarre thing where Every time I get to a certain point, now I'd call it like stage three. I, I would think of it as like four different stages. So like first stage is normal consciousness. Second stage is like my body begins to, my my senses soften. So like if I'm lying with my hands together, they'll, they'll feel like they're going through each other. Yeah, so yeah. like senses just soften. And then the third stage is like where sleep paralysis would happen. Now I don't usually get sleep paralysis unless it's on my back or something. That it's, at this point, this is where people start to have like hallucinations. So my hallucination was always my teeth crunching. So like every time I'm there, I'm like, oh, wow, excellent. We're here. Right. You know, this is the. Yeah, but you also, recognize it. But like the other thing is that I'm like, but also, though, it does feel like my teeth are going to crush to dust. And it's like this faith versus belief thing. And I'm like, yeah. I like I know, like I have faith that this this is just this is just a hallucination. But when you're experiencing it, it's the hardest thing in the world, even though you know that this isn't like affecting my body, really. I'm like, if I stay here, my teeth are going to turn to dust. And I remember looking this up on forums and there was a guy who said, yeah, every time I get to that state, like it feels like I'm going to have a heart attack. So I just have to stop. Like it, it wow. genuinely feels. And it's like it's a hallucination. Um, but... Every time it feels so real, though. And then yeah. like... Actually, it's it's because I think DMT is released every time you you dream as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you can feel that. Like, so there's a hallucination, mm -hmm. and then what it's what it's like to get from there into the dream is like super fascinating because the reality starts to shake, and then it crumbles, and it feels like you're being born like through a needle into this world, into like into like a dream. It's very very interesting, like phenomenologically, to experience that like that that being born into a dream is like a very. Yeah interesting experience which is i guess similar to dmt in a Very. way well yeah it's it basically it is, is honestly it is dmt actually wow. it's naturally naturally occurring bro i have like 15 other questions written down that we're not going to get to I, i'm done <laughs> I, i'm done do this again whether or not you do try dmt i'm down to have you back and just do this again bro this was oh, awesome man, I, like this this was and, and i kind of felt like yeah i just i found myself looking forward to this just Me based too, on what yeah. i listened to maybe so i was like oh this is gonna be cool like I, i'm yeah, not dude. actually that nervous i'm like it's more excited than the nervous so yeah, yeah any yeah. any time i'll be i'll be dude, here for coming back on because this, this was just a class chat truly a blast bro <laughs> i enjoyed this so much uh everybody out there listening again the living philosophy check it out and uh yeah you'll be seeing him again or hearing him again hopefully on my show one of these yeah. days thanks for listening y'all awesome. james it's been a pleasure me. bro